she was actually in the... Really? Yeah, I'm like, wow, really? That's some heavy stuff. You had a friend who studied midwifery. She wanted to. Really? She wanted to study midwifery. She thought it was really interesting. I don't think she was majoring in it, but she wanted to study it. She wanted to be like a midwife. That's interesting. That kind of interesting. And she wanted to become a midwife, and then they'd have like... She'd recommend doulas to couples. No, no, no. She wasn't doing it. Okay. She wanted to. I think she was going to study that after she got her... Uh, I'm guessing she wanted to study it after she... You know, after that, she got her bachelor's. But I graduated before she did, and I don't know what happened with that. So yeah, that's got to be an odd field. It is. But now uh, couples are hiring doulas. I'm not, I knew a couple who hired a doula. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the difference between a doula and a midwife is. So the way I understand it, and I could be wrong, is that a doula is there to advocate for the wife. Mm. Or the, the mother, rather. Mm-hmm. Because the mother is in a lot of pain. She has a lot of anxiety. You run through what you want with the doula ahead of time. And you have a couple meetings saying, okay, if this happens, I want you to advocate for this. If this happens, advocate for that. And then she's there in the delivery room to make sure that everything goes according to plan. I remember, so I used to watch, um, I think it was either called a baby story or deliver me one of the, one of the pregnancy shows and they were showing this lady that was giving birth and she was using a doula and the doula's like, are you okay? And she's asking the lady if she was okay. And she was in a lot of pain. Like she was literally screaming cause she's like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, 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 yeah. And, and now women, some women are going to birthing centers not not the uh, traditional hospitals. Interesting. And um, some women, I think Ricky Lake did this for one of her babies. She gave birth in a bathtub, which I thought was kind of strange. I know that's like a big trend to do. It is, yeah. It seems a little bit odd to me and unsafe. I don't know. I've, I've heard different, I've heard some mixed feelings about it. I heard it's it's less painful for the woman if she's in if she is in labor in the water. And then I also heard that when the baby comes out, the baby, the it's it, once when the baby is born in water and when the more you expose the baby to water, they'll, they may learn how to swim easily. That sounds like, some I don't know. That's, that, that's what I heard though. I don't know if that's true. That doesn't sound real to me. It sounds like something that people just want to tell themselves. I think you should Google it. I don't, I don't know if I believe it either. I'm just saying, before you come to a conclusion. No, but it seems like something that's made up to me. Well, I, you'll, you'll never know unless you look it up. That's right. But, I mean, things can be faked on the internet. You know. Mm. What? Things can be faked on the internet. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying, you know, if it was backed up by accredited doctors, would you believe it? I would do some more research if I found that out. Yeah. If it was backed up with... um. With doctors that had um, documented them in journals or uh, things like that. But then you have to also consider the sources that they document these things in, too. Yeah, if it's like Bob's Journal of Medicine. Yeah, Bob's Journal. I might have a harder time believing it. You're liking that kombucha, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good mango kombucha. It's good, and there's chunks of it. There are. Yes. Yeah, we go. What is this? That's the iPad. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that you can call somebody on your iPad. Or that you can call, uh, somebody can call. I have a friend I do that with all the time. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Yes. Should we move over to the couch, or what are you thinking? Yes. Yeah, so let me let me um. Are, are, do you want to still finish this kombucha, or you want to? Are you good with it? Uh, what do you think? Do you want a little bit more? Yeah, I'll have a little bit more. Have a little bit more kombucha. Let me get more. Hi, oh, it's not gonna much. hurt you. It's good for your insides. Yes, it is. Probiotic. Mm-hmm. I wish I was able to produce more this summer. I am thinking about trying to do like one more batch to see if I can get it right this summer. Because last summer we just had tons of it. Yeah, I know. I think you should. And this is just my opinion. I still like it, the idea of you making like a tropical one. Yeah, if if possible. Um, I don't know about the berry one because the uh, uh, certain berries are going to be out of season. Like mm-hmm. strawberries are going to become more out of season as the summer wanes down. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you could do it with blueberries too. You could do it with well, you could do with frozen berries. Frozen berries. Okay. Well, that might work. Yeah. But. I think it would be cool to do like a uh, an, one more batch and make it like a tropical one, like bananas, mangoes, pineapples. Maybe uh, if you're able to find, I don't know if they have like fo- frozen passion fruit or anything. They do. Frozen guava. I don't. I'm sure I can find guava. Yeah, guava. 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 I like. Uh, you know what I haven't had in a while is guava jelly. I don't remember having guava jelly. Guava, guava, I remember we always had like guava juice around the house as a kid. Guava juice is good, and I've tried uh, pieces of guava itself, but guava jelly is really good. Okay, I'm gonna have to try guava jelly. Have you know? Have you had the dried guava? No, I don't think so. We had that a lot as a kid too. Yeah, you haven't had fresh guava. I've had fresh guava, but I've had more dried guava. Wow, it's good. Guava, guava jelly. Guava jelly. Should we move over to the, uh... Let me wash here. All right. Wash up. Finish the kombucha, okay? Okay. Resume. All right, we are back. Resume. All right. All right. Jay-woo, hello. Yes, hello. Jay-woo. Hello. Jay-woo. Hello, everybody. Jay-woo. What? How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm feeling... Optimistic. Oh, that's good. And <laughs> considering our earlier talk talk about Ice Cube. Right. Do you want to go into this? Uh, why don't you open it up and I'll, and I'll uh, continue with it. I'm a big Ice Cube fan. I love his stuff with N.W.A., but he also had a lot of really good solo albums. Mm-hmm. And he produced this group called The Lynch Mob that I was a fan of. He was also in it. It's more of a collective than a, a regular rap group. Mm-hmm. And he was in the West Side Connection. He's obviously done movies. I've seen him live. I've heard good things about him until I started dating you. Hey, wait a second. What, is that? what does that mean? What does that mean? Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I used to know one person who met Ice Cube. Yes. He was driving down the street. Yes. His car broke down. And these guys pulled up beside him, and it was Ice Cube with some of his friends. They called AAA, and they waited there, and, and my friend said that he was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. But then I met you. <laughs> and I ruined, I ruined it for you, right? You did. Well, now, now keep in mind, this happened in the early 90s. What happened in the early 90s? Um, Your sister. We were at the mall. It was my mom, my two sisters, and I, and I think we had a friend with us, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I could be wrong. I have to ask my sister to clarify it. 
But she was telling me that they saw Ice Cube at the mall, and when people were trying to talk to him, and I don't know if they did talk to him, but I, I think he was like, don't tell anybody I'm here, I don't want any autographs. That's one... So he, didn't want, he didn't ask for their autograph, though. No. He didn't want to get auto, He didn't want anyone to get autographs from him. Oh, okay. He didn't want to. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, he, I don't want you to ask for any me for any autographs. I'm not going to sign any autographs. He just didn't want anyone to know that he was around. Maybe he uh, was shopping, or maybe he just wanted a day to himself. I don't know. And then um, my sister told me that my brother-in-law, before he met my sister, uh, this is I. I think this might have been in the 90s sometime, I don't know, but he said that he got backstage uh, passes to, to meet Ice Cube and um, uh, Snoop Dogg and, and some other people, I can't remember. She told me that he said Snoop Dogg was really nice and the other people were nice too. Uh, he met Ice Cube and he's like, who's this guy? I don't know how he quoted it, but he basically said, who is this guy? I don't want, I don't really, you know, he basically acted... Um, he was, he just didn't want to talk to, to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law uh, asked his friend, he said, I want, you to go, I want you to go get him because I don't care if he's Ice Cube, I don't care if he's like the famous rapper in the world, but he should treat his fans better and he shouldn't be mean like that. That's just really rude. So he was really rude to my brother-in-law and he didn't have a good experience. That's him. upsetting. Yeah. The other flip side to this is Ice Cube makes really aggressive music. Mm-hmm. So him <clears throat> being rude kind of fits the image a little bit. Doesn't make it right, though. Doesn't make it right, though. No. I And, and uh, like I've said before, it's possible he has changed uh, for the better because, you know, he has children now, I'm, I'm guessing. He does have children. He has children. His son played him in the movie, uh, Straight Outta Compton. The young Ice Cube. He played Ice Cube throughout the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, his son must be uh, uh, in his 20s then, right, I guess? I think he was like 21 when they made the movie. Wow. His son was actually at the concert where I saw Ice Cube. He brought his son out on stage. Wow. Yeah. I thought maybe his, his kids were younger than that. I think that's his oldest son. Mm-hmm. So I might have the timeline a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. I think his son was 21 when they made the movie mm-hmm. and like 22 or 23 when it came out and now yes. he's like 27 or 28. Yes. I could be off by Wow. I, did, I thought maybe like they that. were younger, but what, you know, I don't know when he had his kids, but maybe, maybe, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he may have been rude before, but maybe, maybe he realizes that fame isn't everything and that uh, because he has children, not because he has kids, maybe he should think about seeing the world differently and seeing people differently. I don't know. You can only hope that somebody has learned to grow. I wonder what it's like for somebody like Ice Cube. Yeah. You're this famous guy, you have kids, and perhaps they're a fan of somebody who's not really in his world. So, like, maybe Ice Cube has a kid who's a big Miley Cyrus fan. Wow. How does he approach that? Because he probably doesn't care about Miley Cyrus. But if no. his kid does, does he call her up and say, hey, yeah, yeah, Don Mega. That's what he called himself. Don <laughs> Mega. Um, Don Mega. Welcome with my entourage. Um, <laughs> but does he call somebody like Miley Cyrus, for example, and say, hey, listen, I need an autograph for you. I need you to make, my, my, make me my look kid, good in front of my yeah, kid. I want my, my kid really enjoys your music, and I want to make my kid happy. Or is he like the opposite to where... If one of his kids is a fan of somebody, he doesn't acknowledge them. He doesn't let them go to that person's events. I, I, I mean, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe his kids are not Miley Cyrus fans, and I'm not. Well, no, but that's just an example of somebody, right? I I, she was just the first name that came to my oh. head, but it could be anybody. It could be Engelbert oh. Humperdinck, for all I know. Yeah, Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah. Who does have some great, great hits. I don't know. But you know who I kind of want to meet? Who's that? Because uh, she kind of fascinates me, uh, and we've had conversations about her. I, I kind of like to talk to Michelle. Hear how Dr. Dre supposedly, allegedly pulled a gun out on her. Well, you can't really, you know, I don't know. Well, you can't. I don't know if I could take... Well, I, I'm not saying that it didn't happen to her, but, you know, when someone talks like this, you know, I don't know. It makes you... And I, I wasn't there. I know. But she has some unflattering things to say about Dr. Dre. Absolutely. But, but you know, I, you can't really, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, you know? I think she would be one of those people who would be fun to talk to for like 10 minutes, <laughs> and then it would get kind of old. It would get, get kind of weird. I think it would be kind of, um, she seems like, uh, you know, when you hear her in interviews, she seems like a really chill person. Uh, but then I don't quite know if maybe she's all there as far as like, um, her aware awareness of what she says. Yeah, I kind of you know think I mean? that she's a little bit too out there. But, but you know, I mean, I think it would be kind of interesting to know what she, you know, what she's like in person because I've heard her voice. It's just so odd, though. Yeah, because it's so much, if you listen to No More Lies, yeah. they kind of combined her regular voice yeah. With her singing voice. Because you song. hear, because in the song when you hear the phone, she goes, hello, right? Hello. And she, and then she sings. Mm-hmm. She sings her verses and it's like, whoa, that's a different voice. It is. And she goes, I'm not a sucker. You know? Yeah. Chill out, you know? And then she's a, she does a chill out, you know, this girl in Pinocchio. Yeah. And she, yeah, she's kind of talking like this. Yeah. I could probably pull off her voice maybe. You I don't know. Could. But it's just so funny because I heard, I heard her interview on Sway's Universe you know, she was kind of like, you know, I, you know, the reason why I have a big voice with that when I sing is because I learned how to sing above my, above the larynx. I guess it's a, it's a, um, it's a singing technique that I'm not aware of, but you can do that. And I heard that, um, I, I, I guess it, it probably requires practice. It's something I should look up, mm. how to sing above the larynx. Mm-hmm. But it's so weird because she goes back, and then you know, um, you know, you ever wonder what happens when she gets mad at her kids or mad at somebody, and she starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can get my voice to be bigger is I'll sing a few bars. So she's really pissed off. She starts singing her kids. You need to clean up your room. I'm throwing your stuff out. <laughs> if well, you don't get in there now. Um. Yeah. Take out the garbage. Or she's like MC Mom. Uh, no, but, but her voice sounds, like, she would only, if she was, like, a, she would have to, like, rap, or, or not rap, but sing. Yeah, even, even on her one song, Nicety, right, she sings very different, she, she sounds so different, and she doesn't, she doesn't talk in the song. Oh, no, she does, because in the song, she says, no more questions, no more games, and then she sings her verse. I really only remember No More Lies, and then the songs she did with Tupac. What song was that? I forgot the name of it, but it's on All Eyes on Me. Yeah. And I think it's on the second disc. It starts like, she's like, you can run the streets with your thugs. Da, 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 da. I don't remember that one. That's a pretty good song. But um, her album was good, and I'm surprised that my dad got it. Because mm. he was into 
he was in he he actually liked her music and she he bought the tape and we used to listen to it in the car. Well, she wasn't a rapper. She just affiliated with a well, lot of West Coast mean. heavy he, weights. You know what I mean. I know he, what you mean. He he liked her her music. She's not a rapper. No. He's a singer, but he liked her music, which I was really surprised. And so we used to listen to it all the time. And and I don't know what the name of her album was, but it was really good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Yes. So much good music. But so you would like to meet Michelle? Yeah, just to, you know, maybe talk for about 10 minutes or 15. They say that um, when you meet somebody, you know if you like them in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. Which I think there's some, there may be some truth to that. It's possible. It's possible. We yeah. could see if you like Michelle if we could set up a play date. Play date? Take Is that what they call it? Take y'all to uh, wherever kids go to play. <laughs> Yeah, but we're adults. You're adults. We're adults. You can watch Go to a coffee shop. Go to a coffee shop. Go to a coffee shop or go to like a, I don't know, go to a, a burger place or go to like, um, I don't know, a French restaurant and have her pay from... Like, <laughs> I, I pick the tab. No, am of the assumption that she's probably broke. Maybe she is. I'll just remember to bring... Uh, extra money to buy my yeah. thing. <laughs> and I don't know for sure. I mean, she could be rolling in money. She but could be. something tells me that she doesn't have a lot. Mm. But it would, it would be kind of interesting, you know, just to, you know, sit in a booth and and talk. Talk about the old days. Talk about the old days when I used to listen to her, her album when I was 10. <laughs> I, I bet, don't know. I bet she has some really interesting stories right. about, like, Easy e and... But uh, but I Great. think I, I I think maybe I, if I ever talked to her I wouldn't talk about that. Okay. I'd probably talk about something else because I, I don't I don't want to I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty about her and Dr. Dre's relationship because I've heard about it. I hear what and you're saying. Easy E because I don't want to you know I don't want to talk about that and I don't want to talk about Suge Knight and and all that. I think it's too much drama. And... I hear what you're saying. Like if I met Ice Cube, mm-hmm. I'm a complete fanboy. But I think I'd, I'd hopefully ho- I'd hopefully hold it together, and I wouldn't be like, "What's it like working with Drake?" Hopefully, I'd I be more. Wanna, you know, I, I'd hopefully have more class. Yeah. The thing I would say with Miss Chalet is, "What are you going to talk with her about?" I would just talk about you know stuff like tell me your interests, tell me your hobbies. I'm really Didn't into music. Drake. Huh? Getting beat by Dre's. No, 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 no. Talking not not it. Dre's beats. No. No, no. I, I'm not going to talk to her about her her um, interview on the Wendy Williams show or Arsenio Hall show. I want I want to I'd like to see you know where she really is at with her life and because she's probably been asked that question several times and she That's probably true. is tired of it. And I want to I want to see what it's like to treat a celebrity like a like. Like, she's just one of us, you know. I don't want to sit there and really talk about all the other stuff that happened to her because it's too much drama. And I'm like, I want to have a good time with it. But the thing is, I don't know if I don't you... want to be so starstruck that I don't, that I don't, I forget that she's just a human like I am. Right, but I don't know if she has a type of intellect to where you could just have a normal conversation with her. So I think some celebrities you could, like Ice Cube, like... You know, whoever it is, but I, I, I don't know if she uh, has the same mental capacity. Like, I'd like to talk to her about, like, do you do you have any musical, in, do you play any musical instruments, because I'm into music. Mm-hmm. Now, another person I'd love to talk to. Tell me. And I, is uh, Lizzo, and you introduced me to her. Lizzo's really cool. Yeah. I would love to have a conversation with her about how it was for her being a flute major. Not necessarily about how her teacher was, but... 
it would be kind of interesting to tell her, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a kind of a connection with you, you know, yeah, some way. Talk to that teacher on the telephone. I did, and uh, I'll just say that I felt very intimidated, and I didn't even meet this woman. Mm. I'm not even going to mention her name. I feel intimidated because I just, like, and I didn't realize... I was, like, listening to this interview. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I talked to that lady. That's so crazy. Oh, my goodness. I could have been her intern, but that wasn't going to work out. And in some ways, I'm kind of glad I wasn't. It shows you how crazy music is. Huh? Uh, Not how crazy music is, but how crazy small the world is, right? I I would just love to talk to her about flute stuff and to tell her that I I am just in love with the flute. And I've always been playing... I, I've been, I never stopped playing it, even when I wasn't taking lessons, you know. I, I always made time to play for people, and I'm, I mean, I want to know how it was like for her. And then tell her what it was like for me being, like, the only blind flutist in the in the program. And to tell her, like, you know, kind of compare notes to see, like, how demanding it was for her versus how demanding it was for me. You know, and tell her that, you know, I stuck with it. I didn't get the actual specified degree, but I stuck with it and I didn't drop out. But that, you know, I'm... And to tell her that I'm glad that you were able to make use of your uh, your flute playing, even though you weren't playing in symphonies. And how it was how it was for her to transition from flute from classical flute to rap. Because I think I'd I love to know that. I think yeah. it'd be really cool. You know? I bet she has some interesting stories related to that. Yeah, I would I would love to, you know, I would love to compare notes with her and just to see what common ground we have. You know, she probably has a lot of questions for me. She oh, yeah. would probably have a lot of questions for me. Really? I would think so. What do you think she would ask you? How were you able to read music if you could? How were you able to learn, you know... Uh, pieces of music, like full-on pieces of music, how, what was your process, things like that, I'm sure. I'm sure, like, sighted musicians have a lot of questions for blind musicians, as much as blind musicians have a lot of questions for sighted musicians, even the ones that aren't so famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's a different life experience. It is. But it would be something that I would love to talk to her about. Maybe that'll happen one day. You never know. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. I mean, I don't just want to talk to her about her career, although I think um, she has produced some good music from what I heard, and I haven't heard a lot of it. But it's good, and she's she's got some great beats, and she can sing. She kind of reminds me of like a young Queen Latifah, except... She hasn't acted, I don't think. I don't think she has. Because Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah can act, she can sing, and she can rap. Queen Latifah can act, but whenever I see her or something, I'm remembering that I'm seeing Queen Latifah. Yeah, but you got to get over that. No, but I've never seen her get lost in the character. I, I heard that she's really good in like, um, The Secret Life of Bees. Oh, I thought you said that you saw it. I did. No, I said I heard that she acted... Really good in the secret life of right, but you've seen it, so you would know if she did a good job acting in it or not. Yeah, well, well, well my aunt was a, my so there was a crying scene that they had. Um, one of the one of the women that was living with her and uh, Alicia Keys died, and spoiler. Yeah, but the, the, there was just one scene. Go ahead. I'm just explaining one scene. It wasn't like I'm spoiling the whole story. But Queen Latifah did it. You know, she was good in the in the crying scene in my. I think it was my aunt that commented that um, 
Alicia Keys, she also acted in it. She wasn't a gr- as great an actor as an, a gr- as great an actress as Queen Latifah because Queen Latifah has been doing it for years. Okay, so when I've seen Queen Latifah and stuff, yeah. I always think that I'm watching Queen Latifah. I never think that I'm watching the characters. Okay. So this is going to be an odd comparison, but Will Smith, mm-hmm. I don't think initially he was that good of an actor. Right. He was good on The Fresh Prince mm-hmm. because it was a character that was somewhat similar to him in real life. Right, and like, he was good at comedy. Yeah, they had the same name. He was from Philadelphia. It was a comedy. It was a sitcom, so it was a great show, and he was good in it. Yeah. But he wasn't, like, a great actor. Right. In Bad Boys and Independence Day, he was basically playing a version of that character, right? But when I saw him in the movie Happiness... Right. I forgot that I was watching. Oh, The Pursuit of Happiness. The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. When I saw that, I forgot that I was watching Will Smith. And there is a movie called Happiness, but he's not in it. Right. But he's in The Pursuit of Happiness. Right, yeah. And he's really, really good. I need, I need to watch it. I have the DVD You haven't somewhere. seen it. I know. I have the DVD. It was actually a birthday present from uh, one of my sisters, and I haven't watched it. And I haven't watched... I think one of them... My sister gave me the um, bought me the movie Seven Pounds. And I heard that one was good. He was in um, Seven Pounds with uh, Rosario Dawson. I haven't seen that, but so not only is he good in happiness, but the movie is really good. And I think that there's a lot of pa- positive messages in the movie, too. You're talking about the same, you're talking about the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean? No, uh, well, uh, the way that you phrased it was different. How did I phrase it? Well, you said not only was he good in the, in the pursuit of happiness, but he was good in the movie. The movie was good. Yeah, that's what I mean. So... You can be a good actor and give a great performance, but the yeah. movie still sucks. Oh, okay. I, he was good. Now, um, he, I did see him in Ali, and he was good in that one. I didn't see it. It was good. He, he actually did sound like Muhammad Ali. So you forgot that you were watching Will Smith. I did. Okay. He actually made me forget that he wasn't the Fresh Prince of, that he was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because he was that good. He got into the character of Muhammad Ali. It wasn't like he was in the ring and he said, I want to introduce Uncle Phil. Hey, Uncle Phil. Shout out to Uncle Phil. Yeah. Where's no. Jeffrey? Where's Jeffrey? Where's the original Anthony? Yeah, he was really... Um, I heard that they interviewed the cast of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when uh, James Avery died. And um, well, he, I heard he was a big guy already. He was uh, big on the show. That was one of the... Yeah, the and, he, and he died. He died. I think he had, I don't remember if it was a heart attack or something, but they were, the cast members were really sad. Like, I, I heard that um, Tatiana Lee said that he, that he was like a father to, to them, I think, from what she, I think that's what she said. But they were really sad. I remember when he died, too. Mm. It was really a sad thing. Like, oh, James Avery's gone. We're never getting the Fresh Prince tree. He was also on Webster. Do you know that? I did not know that. He played a judge. He played a judge on Webster. That's right. He was a judge on that, and then he was a judge on The Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. And you said that she liked the episode with the uh, Sherman Sherman uh, Helmsley. Sherman Helmsley was in a few episodes. Yeah, he was Judge Robertson. Uh, Uncle Phil wasn't he like competing to get the judge? Uh, so what? So what happens something? is. As the series starts off, yeah. Uncle Phil is his partner at a law firm. Yeah. He eventually decides that he wants to run and become a judge. Mm-hmm. He's running against Judge Roberts, but the thing that makes it more complicated is he's always looked up to him. Yeah. So it's like, how do you break the news to this mentor of yours that you're going to run against him? Is there water over here? No. Okay. But you're, you're waking my humanity. I'm sorry. You I'm like sorry. to do that a lot. No, I, I just, yeah. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> I was like, I could be saying... 
I'm about to die. He's oh why? Go on, go on. Okay, so <laughs> he's running. He has to break the news that he's running against his mentor. So you meet Judge Roberts, and you realize he is a complete jerk. Yes. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. It makes you wonder, well, what kind of guy is Uncle Phil that he would have this person as his mentor? Yeah. But je- but didn't you say wasn't there something that um he that one joke he made? Oh, I love this joke. <laughs> so the joke is this is when the first outfit was pregnant. Yeah. Uncle Phil is thinking to himself, i got to tell Judge Robert soon that I'm running against him. They're hanging out for whatever reason. I'm going to paraphrase it, but Sherman Helmsley says something to effect, you have a nice family and a beautiful wife, but she has a beer belly. <laughs> and Uncle Phil's like, that's my wife and she's pregnant. Yeah. To which Sherman Helmsley responds with, oh, then she should lay off the beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yes. And then doesn't he die? Like he does. <laughs> Not he's in a few episodes, and then I I forgot because it's been years since I see it, but he dies somehow. I so you you and in real life he died. Yes, he did. Years later, but you you said that uh, we were talking about the show um, Amen. I think was only on for one season. I think it might have been ran for more than that, but well, maybe one or two seasons. And Regina King was his daughter. Daddy. Daddy? She also played a red man's mom in How High. Oh, wow. Anyways, but, but back to Amen. He was his daughter. She was his daughter. And uh, and Sherman Helmsley played a deacon of all people, which is kind of funny because he plays jerks on TV. I knew him more than that than I did for, from the Jeffersons. Oh, did did you? Yeah. What, was, what else was he in? Well, he was on the Jeffersons. No, I know that. But what I else knew, was he in? I knew him more from, from Amen than anything else. Oh yeah, he was on the yeah. I I've, I've watched the Jeffersons before. I watched uh, before even before I watched Amen. I'm gonna say something that's probably considered wrong. Okay. I never really got into the Jeffersons. Yeah, that is kind of wrong. Really? <laughs> it, it is a good show. It is, and I didn't watch every episode, but it was really funny. Like the, and it's really surprising to me that um, Isabel Sanford was much older than. Um, uh, Sherman Helmsley. I think it was like something like 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. But she seems like a nice lady. She seemed like a very nice lady. I just... The, George. This show just seemed predictable to me. But it was it was just funny because he the interaction with with her, you know, he was kind of a hothead in the, in the interaction with um, with Louise because he would call her Wheezy. Wheezy? Wheezy. You know, I thought it was funny. I really thought it was funny. And then the, interac- the interaction with him... Her and Marla Gibbs, who played uh, their maid Florence, mm. that was hilarious. I mm. just thought it was really funny. Yeah, I just I didn't I just didn't get it. And uh, Marla Gibbs was also on two two seven. She played uh, Mary Jenkins, who was one of the main characters. And Kim Wayans went on to talk about her on *In Living Color*. Oh, I didn't know that. No, was it Miss Jenkins when she's no, doing no, the no, gossip no, no. lady? No, Miss Jenkins was like a person you never saw. But she talked about her, right? Didn't she? She goes, like, "Don't you ever talk about Miss Jenkins? She's like a mother to me." And then afterwards, she would gossip about her. Yeah. <laughs> she would gossip about everybody, and she's like yelling at the window, and she's like, "Hey, hey, so and so," and then she goes. She, she like after a while they would leave, and she's like, da 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 da," and she's like, "Well, I ain't the one that gossips. So you ain't heard that from me." I'm not the one that gossips, but you ain't heard that from me. That no, you a, haven't. That's such a great show. That was a funny show. I like the two uh, gay movie critics. Men on film. Men, men on film. Antoine Merriweather and I forgot the other person. And they were gay in real life and they were dating. No, they weren't. Oh. How do you know? No. 
No, but they certainly did play a... Ooh. Don't worry about that. that uh, sorry, that is distracting. Yes. But yeah, they were... Uh, I believe it was Keenan Ivory Williams and Damon Williams. And in real life, they were dating. Her brothers. And they were dating. Well, they were. And, they, and the family found it Don't ruin it for me. Oh. I don't want to think of that image. I think I just made that up. Ah. I don't think they were really dating in real life. Ah. Well, that would be funny. Ah. And, and also wrong. And also very wrong. Right. Not on be, so many levels. Not to be gay, but to be dating. Ah. Yeah, it was it was such a funny show. It was it was a great Homie show. Homie the Clown. And, uh, <laughs> and Paul Mooney's in trouble now. Paul Mooney? Yeah. Who's Paul Mooney? You don't know who Paul Mooney is. I don't I don't recognize his name. Paul Mooney was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. What did he do? He he's released some specials and some mm-hmm. comedy albums. Yeah. But he's more known behind the scenes. So he worked and wrote a lot of stuff with Richard Pryor. Uh-huh. And he also was a writer on In Living Color. And he helped Damon Williams shape the Homie the Clown character. Oh, I didn't know that. See, he was also he was also in the movie Bamboozled. Oh, wow. He played the stand-up comedian in that, the older guy. Oh, wow. And he was on the Larry Sanders show for one episode. Okay. Wow. No, I'm not familiar with him, really. Paul Mooney's great, and he was also on Chappelle's show. But you've never watched Chappelle's show. Uh, maybe a little bit, but I wasn't really into... Dave Chappelle either. See, I think... I'm not saying that he isn't a good comedian. I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't interested in watching it. Maybe my... I don't know if my sister did. This is high praise, but I think Chappelle's show is just as funny as In Living Color. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you were you're talking about Dave Chappelle, because I heard a clip, and it was just a little clip of his special. And he did some... And, um, That's right, he has a new one out on Netflix. Yeah, and I haven't seen it. But I heard that... He uh, made some really sophisticated jokes. He's great. I think about, he's super funny. And, and, and he actually made... <laughs> he actually was um, on the special on record. He was talking about his critics. Like, you know, you can say whatever you want to, but when it comes to ripping on other comedians... Like, like you know how comedians... Uh, will make fun of anything and everything that, you know, like um, religion... I think good comedians will. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Uh, I'm not talking about... There's a double, There seems to be, like, a double standard. Tell me. You can uh, make fun of such and such things, but there are, there are people that say, you can't do this. You, you have to stifle whatever it is. You can't go there. You know what? I think those are, you'll find pockets of that no matter what you make fun of. So if you make fun of religion, there's going to be people who are upset with you. If you make fun of... I don't know, gay rights, there's going to be people who are upset with you. If you make fun of, I don't know, action movies or people who are going to hate on you. Well, no, but he was, he, was, he was saying that, you know, comedians have chosen to go there with religion and everything. And, and I mean, and I'm not, and, and for me, you, you know this about me, that I'm not for censorship about any, of any kind. I, and, I'm not a fan of censorship. And, I mean, if you don't like what they're saying, just change the channel or don't watch it. That's the only thing. You know, and some people are like, well, you can't say this. And I'm like, just know that comedians do like to go there. But I think what he was saying that there's like a double standard in the comedy world where 
I think he was talking about ripping on other comedians. Like, you can't say this about this comedian or whatever. Oh, is. interesting. Okay. But, and, and he was saying that about his critics. Yeah. We're going to watch you, and whatever you say, we're going to watch you. But um, most comedians have the freedom to say what they want to do, to say. But when it comes to other comedians, when they're ripping on other comedians, they have to watch what they say or whatever. So if I understand what you're saying, Mm -hmm. you're saying that comedians have the right to say whatever they want to say. And for the most part, that's respected, except when they make fun of other comedians. I think, and and this is, now, now having said that, I may have misquoted it. I'm sure you did. Really? Really. You say things funny sometimes. We go in. You know what? You're going to get it later. <laughs> I think that's... Sex. Now... No. Go ahead. No, no. We're not going to talk about that. Um, I think that's what he was saying. Now, I think I'm misquoting it, but he he was definitely, like, uh, um, using his comedy to get after his uh, um, critics. You haven't watched the first four specials he has on Netflix, have you? No, I told He's you. He's really funny, babe. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I just, watch. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Maybe I, I mean, will. maybe he's not different strokes funny. No, no, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Maybe I will. I don't know. I'm surprised there's all this good art out there that you just have not experienced. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not going to. I just haven't. No, I mean, like, for him to Joe Rogan to, you know, so many great TV shows that you're just not allowing I yourself just haven't, to. yeah, I just haven't, you know allowed myself to sit there and listen but that doesn't mean I'm not going to it just I haven't done it yet you know haven't yes I hope you do because he has some really good stuff yeah 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 I do want to look up the um the little John interview that he that he was doing for a skit I think it's what? called a moment with the little a moment John. with little John yeah <laughs> what what okay now let now speaking of comedy sketches go ahead the the ollie g one that you played the two ollie g ones that you played for me the other day was really funny oh yeah those, those were classic because that just was to hilarious. give a little bit more background we were talking about his movies uh sasha baron cohen who yeah. plays ollie g and i'm not a big fan of his movies and neither are you yeah but i said there was only one that he made was Borat. He made a couple. He made Bruno. I think oh, he might Bruno. have done another one. Okay, I don't know that one. But I told you, okay, I'm not a fan of his movies. However, the Ali G show was really, really funny. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, I, you I No, said, I never said that. You implied it. No. And so I said, okay. I never implied that. Yes, he's not Jennifer Aniston, but let me show you something. Mm. So I played you... Uh, the first thing I played you was the thing that made me a fan of this, which was his interview with Andy Ryan. <laughs> that was funny. That's I can't do this anymore. That's great. Does you think... Yo, does you think the media's... Like, uh, it's like, does you think or do you think? Ha- have you ever reported tomorrow's news today? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Well, let's say there was something like uh, election results. Wouldn't you want to report that today so that people know... Like, yeah, it's funny because he has, like, a British accent. Yeah. And he's like, well, we we's talking to my main... <laughs> Yo, we's talking to my main man, Mr. Andy And Rooney. how do you spell your name? R-O-O-N-E. Uh, I think he said, like, Rooney. Yeah. Andy Rooney. But it was really funny. It's great. And he's like, does you think... Is it does you think or do you think? I have, a fi- like, 50 books on the English language. I can let you borrow one if you want. I have over 50 books on the English, English language. language. I'll let you borrow, borrow one if you like. This is a lot more like that. And he's like, 
you know what? I I can't do this anymore. I, I gotta go. I don't have any time. Is it because I was black? Because I was black. No, but the Buzz Aldrin one was funny too. Buzz Aldrin one was great, and he was more in on the joke too. It seemed like he's like. Does you think that some people, you know, believe that the moon doesn't exist? Like no, so like what 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 do, you th- what do you say to the people who tell you that the moon doesn't exist? He asked it in a weird way. I love though in that clip where he's like, "Has man ever walked on the sun?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, no it's too, it's too hot. hot." And then he's like, "What about if they went in winter?" And the one's like, "No, it's it's not a good place to go. It's no. still hot in the winter. It hasn't well, changed temperature." What was it like being the second man on the moon after Louis Armstrong? <laughs> Or he goes, does you think that people people believe that the moon doesn't exist? It's like I don't think I've met anyone that would disagree that the moon that that would agree that the moon doesn't exist because the moon does exist. We went there, and he was, I think he meant to talk about the moon landing. But well, well, he, but yeah, but he's pretend, he's doing it intentionally. <laughs> and it's like I got a joke for you. It's it's about space. There was a monster in space. And he was trying to book a, a hotel in space. And the booker said, well, we can't, we can't uh, let, you, let you in because the moon is full. <laughs> uh, and he started laughing. Yes. It was funny. It was a good interview. I kind of like, uh, when I was listening to him doing the interview with Buzz Aldrin, I kind of heard him like chuckle a little bit because I think he thought it was funny. It was good. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> And then I played some Keen Peel. I, I I played you MC Mom. And that was funny. I think MC Mom is great. She's my favorite rapper right now. Yeah. Maybe I should go to the store and, and buy some extra crispy socks. Crispy socks here. Crispy <laughs> socks there. Crispy socks with some mystery there. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's funny, though. That's great. <laughs> wow. I'm buying her next album. Okay. But, yeah, you should really watch the Ali G show because it's oh. very, very funny. Unlike his movies. Unlike his movies, okay. Unlike his movies. Okay. okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, what have you been reading lately, Mr. Hammond? I read this book by... A singer named Charles Long. Mm-hmm. The other night. Is it a is it a long book? No. <laughs> and, 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 and no no pun intended. No, no, it's a short <laughs> book by Long. It was really good. He was talking about his adventures getting these gigs as a as a singer. Wow. So he's a famous opera singer. Yes. Wow. Yes, that was good. I read a couple Colonel books, which are released mm-hmm. by the National Federation. I think that was one I was going to talk about the the Colonel books. What about them? Um, I I think I was going to read some of them after after this, maybe. Yeah, the one I read the other day was something like, uh, "I can feel blue on a Monday." Wow, and that's a really good one. Wow. There, there's a bunch of them out there, but the Colonel books are great. If I just typed in Colonel books, would I be able to find it by subject? Like, yeah, if, if you type in uh, Colonel Books, you should be able to find it and download them. And, and they're on uh, Bard? They're on Bard. Okay. They're also on Bookshare, and they, you can go to the NFB website and download them for free, too. And they're only published by the NFB, then? They're published by the NFB. Okay, wow. They're great books. I'm trying to think, what else What else have I been reading recently? Uh, actually, I can pull up. Let me pull up my list and see if I can refresh my memory, because I, I have a list on Goodreads uh-huh. of oh, what really? I've been reading. Yeah. Because I, I read a lot. So let me see what's been on the reading list this week. Let's see. Of course, now it's taking 
forever to load. Come on. All right, let's see. Pull up what I've been reading. All right, so... I've also read... So the name of the Charles uh, Long book is Adventures... Adventures in the Screen Trade. In the Screen Trade. Yeah. And the NFB book is I Can Feel Blue on a Monday... Uh-huh. Oh, oh! This is another good book I read this week. Mm-hmm. Rebel without a Cl- without a crew, Rebel okay. without a crew mm-hmm. by um, Robert Rodriguez. You know who Robert Rodriguez? No, is? No, you told me about him though. Robert Rodriguez directed El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. He also made Desperado. Yeah. He, I know you haven't seen Pulp Fiction, which you should really see. But Quentin Tarantino is in the movie, and he's horrible in the movie. Ah. Uh. But. When he's in the movie, Robert Rodriguez was the one who directed his scenes. Oh, okay. And he also did From Dusk Till Dawn, which actually Tarantino gives a good performance in, and the Spy Kids movies. Oh, wow, okay. The book Rebel Without a Crew mm-hmm. is documenting the making of his first film, El Mariachi, which he did for only $7,000. Wow. So it goes through how he did it and how he sold the film. Oh, wow. It's a really good book. So that was a book I read earlier this week. Let me give you one more. Um, oh, I Can Only Imagine. Yes, and I and I actually read that one. Well, I listened to the narration that, um, what's his, what, who is it by? Brett Miller? Something Millard. Um, what's his name? Burt Millard. Burt Millard. Do you want to describe the book a little bit? So Burt Millard is, is it Burt? Yes, it yes. is Burt. So Burt Millard is the lead singer. He's a frontman on uh, the Christian group uh, Mercy Me, which I'm familiar with. And one of my favorite songs is I Can Only Imagine. And he wrote a book based on his life uh, with his mother and father. And his father was a very, very bitter, bitter person. And He also had a traumatic brain injury, his father did. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. He was also a, a, an alcoholic as well. He also drank a lot. And he wasn't the nicest person to um, his mother and to Bert. And just talking about his transformation, but also Bert's transforma- uh, transformation as he was a teenager and how he, he uh, w- when his dad didn't care about what he was doing, he ended up going to church. And um, how. His dad should have taken more interest, I think. Stop it. Go ahead. And um, as he was growing in church and how, how the relationship between him and his dad got before he died and how the relationship uh, strengthened even more and and how he met his wife and his children. And and it, it was a very, very candid and very touching story. And I really, that was one of my favorite books to read um, or listen to rather, but it was really good. I would not say that it was one of my favorite books, but I really enjoyed it too. But you would agree that that this this story was very um, very good. Very it was good. a good story, and it's not one that necessarily applies to me because I'm not a Christian. But I like the idea of somebody finding themselves in something, and I really related to when he's talking about struggling as an artist. Yeah. Like when they talked about how they uh, they lived in that house. Yep. In was it Nashville? Um, I think it might have been because they were on the road. No, 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 it was Oklahoma. I'm sorry, it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, it was Oklahoma. That was when they first got married, I think, right? No, it was when he was with the band. Okay, okay. They were in Oklahoma, then they moved to Nashville, and then I believe they moved to L.A. 
I think so. It's, it's, I only listened to it once, so I think you're right. Because they were there during the Oklahoma City bombings. Right. They're about 25 miles away, and he said that they could fill it in their house. Yeah. That the band was singing. Was it out? No, they were singing in an abandoned school. I think so. It's, 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 it's been months since I've listened to it. It was a really good book. But it was very good. And I, um, I really enjoyed it. And also, I, should, I shouldn't forget to mention, he was talking about Dennis Quaid, who played his father. And he said that he helped him with the script because they were going by what Bert's childhood was like and growing up with his father. And he said that when he would watch... Uh, Dennis Quaid acted as his father, he would tear up because it would bring memories about how his father used to be. There was a scene in the movie, and it was also mentioned in a book, where his dad took a plate and broke the plate over his over Bert's head. And the scene in the movie just made him tear up because he remembered it. He remembered that. He remembered how his father used to be. And I think in the in the in the story his father cried after that happened. They also, in the book, yeah. they made peace with each other because the dad got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, yes, I believe so. And they started to repair their relationship. What was really touching was his father used to be a really big guy, right? And when he was dying of cancer, he said, I, you know, I can't imagine, you know, I, I'm thinking about it. And my father used to be a big guy, but here I am. I'm holding my dad because he, he was in so much pain. He was like 120 pounds. Yeah, and he said I, he told me, he would tell me to hold him because he was in a lot of pain before he died. And he did that because he wanted to, uh, because the relationship was, was better. And he did that for his dad to, to honor his dad. And I thought that was a really touching part of the story. Do you remember that one part of the book where he comes home and his dad is on the floor. They think that he's dying. Yeah. And the dad says, you know, I love you. And he's telling him all this stuff. So they call the ambulance thinking that's going to be the end. Mm -hmm. They come get his dad and they find out that he just has a flu, but it's more intense because he also has pancreatic cancer. Right. So he doesn't die, but they have that beautiful moment together. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that it was a false alarm. There's a lot of beautiful moments that they, they had in the book. And judging by how, uh, you know, how their relationship has been repaired. I, I just love stories like that. And that was a... Um, and I heard the movie's good, too. Um, so now I want to watch the movie, now that I read the book. There might be a lot of religion in the movie. I don't know if you can handle that. Talk about Christianity. I, you already know how I feel about it. Don't act like you don't. Okay. So you might watch the movie at some point. Of course. Yeah. Have you taken my advice and watched the movie Coco? No, and I need to. I know. I know. I, I, I heard it's a good movie, and I need to watch it. Also, you love kids' movies, and I'm not a kid movie Well, it depends fan. on the movie, though. Some what? kids' movies aren't that great. No, but you know what I mean. You're, you're more into that type of world than I am. I'm not a kid movie fan, and I, I will be completely I, honest. I yeah. teared up during this movie. Well, I also think that you should give the Toy Story movies a try. I don't know why they made a Toy Story 4 because I thought this the first I am going to give good. the Toy Story movies a try. Yeah. When Disney Plus comes out, I'm getting it for The Simpsons. Okay. So I'm going to give the... Not I'm going to watch... The Simpsons. Not just for What? Not just for The Simpsons. Well, and National Geographic. But I will have access to the Toy Story Yeah. Um, legal access. But I need... I, I really want to watch it because because you told me how good the movie was and, and there are some really good... K 
kids' movies out there that are really fun to watch. I'll say this. Not only do I think it's the best kids' movie I've seen, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in the last five years. Oh, there's so many good ones. Like, I, I think you should see Moana. That's a fun, that's a fun uh, animated movie, but it also... Uh, it also features people that are actually from the Polynesian Islands because that was the first uh, Polynesian girl yeah. in a Disney movie. Watch Coco and then let me know your thoughts. Okay. I, th- I think you will love this movie. Okay. But so, I also think you should give Moana a try as well. I will at some point. Yeah. I mean, they've got some, you know, all, all the people in the movie that have, voices, that have voiced the characters are from a Polynesian island, and the girl who voices Moana is from Hawaii. And her mother, her actual mother in real life, is in the movie as well, as a small part. That's kind of cool that they're not just like, okay, who's the famous white actor that we can... No, 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 no. You know. No, she is from Hawaii. Her mother's from Hawaii. Everybody in the movie uh, that voiced the characters are from Polynesian Island, so I think it's really cool. I am a fan of Emma Stone. Yeah. After watching Superbad. Oh, yeah, you gotta, yeah, but you also need to watch The Help. Okay. It is a good movie. That's not the reason I bring this up, though. Okay. Apparently, there's some movie where she plays a Japanese woman. Wow. Yeah. And if I know you can't really see, but Emma Stone is this, like, super white girl. Yeah. And she's playing a Japanese woman. Yeah. I believe during uh, Pearl Harbor in some movie. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with actors um, who have... Uh, are clearly not Japanese playing Asian characters. That doesn't really bother me. It doesn't stop me completely, but it is a little bit problematic. So it's kind of weird. So, but I don't. I don't really have a problem. I'm, I'm of a couple minds, and you could also say, "Well, how do you feel about a non-disabled actor playing a disabled character in film?" Yeah. I'm of a couple minds on this, so I, I'm conflicted. I'll, I'll give you both arguments. One argument is that, well, if somebody's a good actor, the whole idea is that they're playing somebody who's different from themselves. So who cares if they're from a different culture or different nationality? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's one justification. But you have to look at the flip side to where, okay, uh, Japanese, let's take Emma Stone, for example, not to rag on her. But, you know, Japanese actresses don't really get a lot of work in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah, it's great that Emma Stone is a great actress and she can play this role really well. But wouldn't it be cool to have a film with a Japanese character that's actually played by a Japanese actress yeah, and give her some work? Because yeah. just because Emma Stone is a talented white actress right. doesn't mean that there's not well, talented Japanese actresses. Well, and then there's, of course, the... It, it, it comes... It kind of sounds like the whole culture appropriation thing, right? Like, I don't know if this is... That's a very loaded thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's kind of like... Like, remember we talked about non-Asian people making Asian food or non-Greek people making Greek food? Yep. Um, we, don't ha- we both don't have a problem with that, right? Like, well, not only do we not have a problem with it, yeah. but it's even more than that. It's like not just non-Asian people making Asian food. What about, what about somebody who's from China who makes American Chinese food? Right. Well, we know that it's actually Polynesian food. So are Chinese people guilty of cultural appropriation? No. Oh, you mean like because they're doing that because... They're, they're making food. Polynesian food, but they're selling it as Chinese food. Right, right. But how many, how many people do you see protesting Chinese restaurants that serve Polynesian food? Right. 
No, yeah. You don't really see that. No, you don't. Well, it's like, okay, so I remember when I used to go, and I don't have a problem with this either, but I used to go to a really good Greek place across the street from my apartment, and the cook was Mexican. But he did a he did a really good job on the burgers and the sandwiches and the fish and chips and whatever he was making, and um, and he worked alongside of a Greek family. But I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you can do it, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, food I think is really a different thing because if you're a good cook, you're a good cook. Right. And so so we had we had quesadillas. Quesadillas, which is a Mexican. Dish and most of us are not Mexican. Yeah, so we have said okay, we're not Mexican, so we <laughs> we have to have hamburgers or whatever it is. Actually, you do have some Mexican blood in you. No, I don't. Oh, you don't. It's different than the Spaniards. The oh. Spaniards are from Spain. It's a different kind of Spanish culture. Gotcha. I did not know that. No, the Mexicans. No, Mexican. Mexicans are from Latin America. That's right. I was just testing you. Okay. But and I and I passed. Yes. <laughs> okay. But playing a role is a little bit different because you can see if a person. What the person looks like, you know what yeah, I mean? Well, I mean, I, it's it's hard for me to, I kind of understand what you're getting at, because, it, it's. So, uh, so let me just clarify or, or try to clarify. I'm not saying that you can't have a film with like a white person playing an Asian person or a white person playing a black person, but I am saying. I have a few questions. That doesn't mean that I won't enjoy the performance, and it doesn't mean that I won't enjoy the film, but it raises some questions in my mind. Well, like, um, when you're talking about, like, a, a person that doesn't have a disability who plays a person that does, like, for example, a blind person, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, there's been some pushback from a certain organization about how blind people are portrayed. It's not and, just it's not just the And not just the uh, Yeah, not just them, but other people. And I kind of understand that, but wouldn't it be interesting if they actually got a, bl- a blind person's perspective from, like, like if a person went up to a blind actor or actress, if there is one, and asked them, well, how do you want me to play this character? I think it would be great for them to get some feedback from the blind community. I think it's great to get feedback, but don't you think it's even more empowering to have a blind actor playing a blind character? Yeah, I do. I do. Because then they would know how to do it. But, I mean, because, because yeah, I mean, in some ways there have been blind actors and actresses that didn't portray the blind person correctly. And I'm not the kind of person that will protest a movie just because of it. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not saying that you have to have... Yeah. A blind person with every character That's who's blind, blind. Yeah, yeah. play every character who's blind. Right. But what I am saying is it becomes problematic when you never have that person represented. Oh, no, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you on that. Like, when's the last time you can think of to where there was a blind character in a movie and they were actually played by a blind person? And it was the well, same character. Well, I, I heard that in the series MacGyver... Um, so Richard Dean Anderson played MacGyver, but I think there was another actor in the movie that was blind. I don't know. I haven't seen the show. Yeah. I think if you looked it up, um, I thought Richard Dean Anderson was a blind guy, but I think it's somebody else, and mm-hmm. I don't know who it is. Yeah. How would you feel, as somebody who's Filipino, mm-hmm. you go to see a film about a Filipino family, and Jennifer Aniston is the mom, and Adam Sandler is the dad? That would be kind of weird. And they're talking about, hey, we're from the Philippines. This is our traditional culture. You know, this is... And they do, like, the Filipino rituals. But it's Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. Would you be cool with that? Well, that would be kind of interesting to see. 
you know, and it's interesting that you talk about that because I took an Asian American studies class and there was a section in this book I was reading that um, a lot of Filipino actors and actresses are typecasted. And, uh, for example, uh, Leia Salonga is a famous actress and singer from the Philippines, right? She's been typecasted in, in shows like, um, she's was in a Broadway musical named uh, called Miss Saigon, and I think she played a Vietnamese. So a lot of Filipinos are playing other Asian cultures. And I think it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that. Right, but how would you feel if you went to see an all-white cast play a Filipino It would be weird, but I would give it a chance. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to protest. Right, but there's a difference between protesting a thing. Like, I wouldn't necessarily go out and protest a movie, but it's going to affect the way I see that movie. It will. I, I think it would be strange. I think it would be strange. I mean... You don't have a lot of Filipino or, or half Filipino actors like uh, like Rob Schneider play Filipino characters, and Lou Diamond Phillips played a Mexican. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting that you don't see that, and I think it would be great to. I think it would be really great to have a Filipino movie about Filipino culture. And have an actual all white cast. family. No, go ahead. No, actually, have a cast of Filipinos because you don't see a lot of Filipinos in movies, unless you're watching Filipino dramas. At least, at least, it doesn't seem like that to me in America. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm not upset. I just think there should be. I think it would be cool to have more of it. But I'm not upset about it. I'm not going to protest in a movie. Mm. I'm not going to protest a theater that won't play <laughs> movies like that. It does get tricky though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Let me tell you about one other book I read this week. I read I read more than this, but I'm giving you like the highlights. Okay. There's a book called This was really good. Uh, Reaching for the Moon: The Autobiography of Catherine G. Johnson. Mm-hmm. This is actually a book for kids, meaning yeah. five to grade grades five to grade eight. Yeah. But it's a really really good book. So Catherine G. Johnson is still alive. She's 101 years old. Wow. It was a really good story. So she. Uh, was a black woman who was a mathematician who ended up working at NASA. NASA, yeah. And not only was she the first black woman, but she was the first woman to co-publish a paper in ah. NASA. Very, very interesting story. And I very wonder, good. and I and I brought this up to you. I wonder if the Johnson Space Center in Houston was named after her. She says in the book that some building was named after her. It so might have been. been it it. it might have been it. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. She must have. Uh, Contributed greatly to to uh, NASA because her her name was published in, her name was in a paper, right? Well, her name she ended up publishing something publishing like something. thirty different papers for Na- wow. NASA. Yeah. So uh, speaking of books, and I'll I'll keep this quick, but go ahead. I um I finished the book Slimed, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that book. I thought it was awesome, mm. and and how in the ending of the book some. Actors and actresses that were a part of the old Nickelodeon um, times uh, would still be recognized, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of them were like, "Oh, I love being recognized, and I think it's really cool that twenty somethings and thirty somethings remember how it was, you know, watching me grow up." But then there are other people who are like, "I was really glad that I was a part of being behind the scenes because nobody recognized me." And so I thought that was really interesting. But it was a really good book. 
What was your favorite part of it? I liked hearing the kids, the, the grown-up child actor's perspective of how much they got paid, the workings behind the shows that I grew up watching, and, you know, they weren't into looks back then, and they just want ordinary kids, and sometimes the kids wear their own clothes. I thought that was really cool to see. What are you reading now? I'm reading a book called American Messiahs by Adam Morris. It's talking about some people that have taken on the position of being the messiah for their group, or I guess I should say cult. So far, I read about the Quakers, uh, an offshoot of the Quakers, and that was run by Jemima Wilkinson. And I read about uh, Anne Lee, who was the woman who started the, the Shakers. And now I'm reading about Andrew Jackson Davis and uh, how he was affiliated with the Fox family and uh, Thomas Lake Harris. I think Thomas Lake Harris might have been the, the Messiah, but I haven't, I'm not finished with that section. The Messiah? The, the Messiah of his cult. Okay. Not the Messiah, but the Messiah of his cult. No. Okay. There's a difference there. There's a difference. I'm not calling him the Messiah. He was not. Hmm. So I think it's, but there's some really bizarre, bizarre things. Like what? They talked about. So I'll give an example of Jemima Wilkinson. She had this fever that she was sick with, and she claims that she died. But then when she woke out, woke up after she uh, recovered from a fever, she embodied herself to have the spirit of Christ, and she began to call herself the public universal friend. She dressed up like a man. When clearly she was a woman and she had woman womanly fe- features, and it was very odd. And some people obviously fell for it, including her siblings. And there were other people that were documenting and saying, you know, she was a really bad actress that tried to tried to make her, you know, put herself off as a man, and she didn't do a very good job. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Mm. Yes, and how some people that left. Her cult really wanted to irritate her. Like this couple eloped. She didn't, or uh, she didn't want this lady to marry this alcoholic, but she eloped with her anyway. And uh, it was it was funny. It was really interesting how they would just like irritate her to no end because they got fed up with her and her cult and her rituals and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I've read the book and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really interesting, and, and I really like how he writes. I really writer. like how he segues into the sections. But it also is was talking about like um, spiritualism and being able to see through somebody's body. That was weird. That's where I'm at. It's mm. very, very weird and very bizarre. And so hard to wrap my head around like, how is this possible? I don't get it. <laughs> it's just very odd. Stranger things have happened though. Yes. But a lot of it is for show. That's true. A lot of it is for show. Especially when you consider all the psychics out there. Oh, People yeah. who claim that they can see into the future. Yeah. Or that they, they know your aura. In fact, I won't say this person's name, but I know someone. Who's really attracted to me. Right. And? That is supposedly a part of this psychic thing. And I want... And, I, and I've mentioned this to you. But I wonder... Because this person does not have vision, okay? I well, not only that, we should also state that this person is an atheist. 
Right. So there's no belief in an afterlife. There, there's no belief in a God, period. So I wonder where she is getting these supposed visions or whatever, or if she even has visions. And I wonder, because the people, the people that actually send her these texts don't see her, right? If right. They, they don't see her, they, don't have her, they probably don't have her number, well, except for when they text her. They probably haven't talked to her on the phone, right? I doubt it. So I don't know how in the world they would know if she was actually telling them the truth. Because some people just take psychics at face value. And they don't even think about, well, is this person conning me? Which uh, most likely they are conning them. I don't. I, I think a lot of it is fraudulent, as you would agree. I would agree, and I told you this before, that my mom was the type of person who used to take us to psychics. Wow. I still can't believe that. Which was an interesting experience as a kid. Right. Going to all these people and hearing, this is going to happen to you, you were this in a past life. Yeah. Yeah. And they seem more normal than the lady we both know. (laughs) Yeah. You can't even wash her hair. But what... Yeah, I know. Well, what I want—I'm not making that up. What I want to know is, for somebody that has doesn't have any vision, or at least I'm, I'm assuming she doesn't have any vision, how would she prove to someone, even even if she met somebody in person, right? How would she prove to them that she actually does have these abilities? But she doesn't have these abilities. That's what I mean. How would she? How would they? How would they fall for that? How would they? What would really convince them? That's why I don't get. There's a lot of gullible people out there. Have you checked out James Randi yet? Like, done a deep dive in his work? Uh, no, but I'm. Th- I, I I checked him out in an interview that he was he was on the show and he was trying to explain about the guy that used to be Ben Spoons. Oh, Uri, Uri Geller, right? Or Uri yeah, yeah, Geller. Uri Geller. Yeah. yeah. And says, so "This is what he was doing, and he was he was um, doing it over. Um, I think it, he was in his kitchen. He's still around, I think, right?" He's really up there in age. I think he's still alive and he's around 90. But what I want to what I want to uh, read is his book on faith healers. That's a really good. And I'm book. not going to go into why right now because that's another story, but I do want to read that how he has been able to disprove what they really what they actually do. Like how he disproved um, Peter Popoff. Cuz I think Peter Popoff is a phony if he's still around. And that's your opinion. That is my opinion, but I think there's something to be said in watching the clip on YouTube about what um, he actually um, was hooked up to some to this headset, and his wife was giving him some some tips. I'll say, and it was like really, I, I, I had a feeling that there's something wrong with that guy, but but yeah, but I think I want to go into that book. I heard I I did you read it? Yes, I read it. And you said it was good? It was really good. I really want to read that. I've given, in fact, I've given it to a couple other people who really liked it. Yeah. There's something to be said about it. He's good. And another person who doesn't really get mentioned a lot as far as the skeptical mm-hmm. field goes is Carl Sagan. Oh, yeah. uh, another question about James Randi. Go ahead. Did, does James Randi talk about mu- um, magicians and what they do? Their secrets? Um... He doesn't really go into their secrets unless it's somebody who's trying to pass them off as real. Mm. Right? So I, I think there's also a documentary about him called An Honest Liar. Mm. And if I remember right, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've seen interviews with him talking about the documentary. 
if I remember correctly, he says that the reason it's called that is because with the magician, mm-hmm. you're telling the audience up front that you're lying to them. Right. That you're going to trick them. Mm-hmm. But with somebody like a psychic or right. a yeah, they're not. preacher, they're telling you that what they're saying is the truth. Right. So I think the only instances where he's tried to expose magicians is yeah. when they've tried to lie and say that they're legitimate faith healers. Wow. Well, no, I mean magicians, not faith healers. Those are different. No, but that's what I'm saying, is when a magician tries to say they're a faith healer. Oh, Okay. No, no, but I think magicians are, are different than faith healers and that they're just doing magic tricks and they're not. Right, but some magicians throughout the years have gotten full of themselves. So they've started off as magicians who were mm-hmm. legitimately saying, this is a trick I'm going to show you guys. Yeah. And then over time, they've grown to believe their own hype and say, hey, I'm going to cure this person. Wow, yeah. I would imagine that they would. So, uh, there's a magician that I have not seen, but I heard he did some pretty crazy things. I'd like him to see if he could, uh, do some, some research on Chris Angel, because I heard that he is, like, this really popular magician. But I don't think Chris Angel says that what he's doing is the truth. Right. I don't know his work well enough, so I could be wrong with because that. Because some people, because I've heard that he's done some pretty crazy things and like some really out there things. Right, but I, the the goal of somebody like James Randi isn't to expose Chris Angel because, to the best of my knowledge, Chris Angel isn't claiming to perform miracles. Right, right. He's cl- he's telling you right up front that he's tricking you. James Randi would want to expose somebody like Chris Angel if Chris Angel said, "This is a miracle that I'm doing." Yeah, but you don't usually hear magicians say that, though. No, but that's my point. So why would James Randi or somebody else try to expose Chris? Well, no, I mean, not expose, but see, you know, just... Because I don't know much about Chris Angel, and I've never watched any of his stuff, but he's a really popular magician. Right. And he's done some crazy things in his shows. I want to know how he got you. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I don't know if he is actually doing some weird things. Um, I have to ask my sister because she saw some some Chris Angel stuff. But he's a magician, so he's telling you. He is a magician. I don't know what she's seen, but she told... I don't know exactly all the things that she saw, but she told me that she saw some weird things. Right, but I'm just saying, why would you want him to be exposed? Because the whole point is that you're watching a trick and that you're... I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's actually doing what he's doing. I don't know. No, he's not. He's a magician. But, again, I don't know much about him either. I hope you will be doing it. Okay, stop it. I mean, I owe he, he, he I not, think you made fun of me more, um, too much for one day. I have not. When did I make fun of you today? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Uh-oh. I don't think everybody needs to know that. Oh. Anywho. Anywho. That's what I went. That's what you went. Yes. Uh, that was great. Alana, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Mm, oh, yes. The kombucha we just uh, shared a while ago was really good. The mango kombucha. The mango kombucha with little chunks of mango in it. Yes. It was delicious. Homemade, I made it. Homemade, yes. For my love. And uh, he makes the best kombucha in town. I can say that. Thank you. I can say that. And because of him, I like kombucha more. That's great. Yes. I'm glad I could help you with that. I'm glad you could help me with that, too, because I wasn't sure when I tried store-bought kombucha because it was different. 
But you can get really good kombucha at stores. You, you can. You have to look well, though. You have to look well, yeah. I remember on our first date, I asked you if you like kombucha. And I said, I have mixed feelings about kombucha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you completely changed my mind, and now kombucha just blows me away, and uh, I can't wait till you make your next batch. I know, me too. It's so, been difficult this summer. But yeah. I, uh, so that's why I can't wait either. It's because it's kind of like weather dependent. But I do like that this summer has been cooler. It's been great. I think we are going to have, we were going to still have some hot days left, but I am glad that we've had some cooler weather. But, you know, I, I'm glad that we haven't had some crazy, stifling hot weather. Like in previous years. Oh, yeah. Crazy stuff. 2015 was probably the hottest summer I remember. That was a crazy summer. That was awful. I yeah. didn't even go. I mean, I, I spent that whole summer, for the most part, drinking a lot of lemonade and eating a lot of ice cream and trying to keep myself cool because it was so hot. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 And taking, you know, cooler showers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that's all I've got to say on that's that. That's all you got to say? Yes. Nothing else? Nothing else. All right, Alana J-Lo. Yes. I think uh, we said it's almost nap time. Or... Yes. Should we have some banana bread first? Mm, I'm going to let my stomach sit a little bit. Yeah, I think it's nap time. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.